You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters edition of the Living in Loserville podcast. I'm Chris, he's Aaron, and we're here to break down what the hell happened against our bitter rival, the Green Bay Packers, just Swiss cheesed us all over the field. Lots of blame to go around if you're looking for some positivities. I mean, we're going to cover them, but you might as well fast forward about 30 minutes uh, or so. Ugly, ugly affair. Got interested in the, what, with about eight minutes left, and then it didn't get interesting after that because we gave up another touchdown. It was ugly. It was ugly. It started out pretty good, up 7-3, to three, and slowly but surely things started to just go down from, from there. Welcome back, though, to another episode like I said, of the Purple People Eaters podcast. We're going to break this thing down. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of good to talk about. Um, the most points ever in a Zimmer defense. Uh, the, se- the second most yards, I think. And I think the first in yards was back in 2014, Zimmer's first year. So yeah, needless to say, it was an ugly one. It was an ugly one out there, but we're going to get into it. What the hell happened? Um, you know, no pressure at all. We didn't even get a hit or a sack on uh, a pretty damn good quarterback, if I remember correctly. He's still a pretty damn good quarterback. Um, it was just a game of pitch and catch out there with Rodgers and Adams. Uh, gave up way too many long drives. And, and then in the second and third quarter, especially this, uh, most of the second and even the beginning of the, the third, the Vikings offense didn't help either. And uh, they turned the ball over. They had a safety. It was just an ugly one. It was really ugly. So we're going to break it down, like I said. And then we're going to look, you know, we're going to, we're going to, the sun comes up tomorrow. So we are going to look till Sunday, high noon against the Indianapolis Colts. It's a kind of a pick em type game both teams are 0 and 1 so that dreaded 0 and 2 applies some pressure early on because if you go in 0 and 2 it does hurt you percentage wise right to get to the playoffs but the big thing is you're facing 0 and 3 the next week which is not well, well hold, on, hold on hold on let's not let's not let's not the sky's not falling just yet we have had some defensive starts like say through three or four games that have been pretty bad 2018 even even last year a little bit so the local media the facebook groups they're freaking out but uh you know is it time to freak out you know a lot of the things that we talked about in the off season got exploited but like i said we'll get into this in just a moment if this is your first time listening to the purple eaters purple people eaters podcast i'm having problems with that welcome Thank you very much for joining us. 
Um, it does stream live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. It streams live at archives. However, you don't have to d- download it directly from Blog Talk or, or listen to it in the browser if you don't want. Um, this podcast here, the Vikings podcast, is under the Rope and Dope Radio podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really all across the board. We're also part of the Grueling Truth Sports Podcast Network, which can be found everywhere, including Spotify. Um, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. That's thegruelingtruth.com. It's football, it's basketball, it's baseball, it's boxing, it's everything in between. And one more thing, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. I actually use it myself. Um, they do have a seven-day free trial. Once you sign up, there's no annual contracts. The plans start as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere. There's a cloud DVR, of course. And right now, if you sign up, um, you get a 30-day free trial of HBO Max. And here's another layer to the deal. If you sign up for AT&T TV Now Max, that package, it also it, it already includes HBO Max, plus one free month of Showtime, which is uh, regularly $11. So that's something to uh, take a gander into. AT&T TV Now, like I said, live streaming cable. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, and just kind of check his temperature, see how he's doing. Um, has the sky falling yet? Are we 0-18? Are we tanking? What's going on here uh, in uh, in Loserville? Hey, Chris, I'm good. Yeah, Chicken Little, just like you said, is the sky falling? Looking at the Facebook posts, everybody's freaking out. And, you know, it's game one. You know, I don't think it's great to say we're going to go 0-18. I don't think that's the case, but we did hit the nail on the head last week with just kind of the problems we saw with this defense and, you know, maybe some offensive problems as well. You know, the offensive line held up a little better than I thought it would. I'm a little bit encouraged about that, but that defense was shoddy and we're going to have to talk about how we could get that fixed. Yeah, man, it, it was shoddy. That That's a good way to put it, dude. It was, it was nasty, dude. It was, it was ugly. It was an ugly one. Um, the lack of pressure, like I said, no sacks, no hits. It's one thing to have only one or two sacks, but really putting it on a quarterback and still getting the hits, still making them, you know, release the ball quicker. Um, and then, you know, the time of possession, that's where you got to blame the offense too. Uh, you can't just go to the defense because here it is, the 18 18- Minutes and 44 seconds time of possession today was the lowest in a regular game season since they started recording the stat in 1977. So you're not going to be able to do too much there. Um, But for the, you know, for the defense stuff, there is some other stats that kind of throw all back in 2018. Uh, They gave up 390 in passing yards, two of their first four games. They made some adjustments. They got down. You know, they, they got a lot of it down pat anyway. Remember last year they were having some problems with giving up big plays and whatnot. They started, you know, they went into the playoffs, maybe the last five games, really on a high note. So, like I said, the sky's not falling. We can we can do some of this here. But um, let's just kind of break some of this action down. Um, obviously, it started out. Well, not necessarily okay for the defense. They gave up a 13-play drive, and this is what I'm talking about. So a 13-play drive, a 12-play drive, 
an eight play drive in an 11 play drive. Like that is just too many to give up. Um, and then what three offsides? I think it was three separate offsides on the D I think they're all DNs, um, which is just ridiculous. I know, you know, in the whole home crowd screaming, so it wouldn't throw off the cadence and you're just looking at the ball, but yet it does throw out the quarterback, you know, cause they can make that extra, they can say something in the, in the player could actually hear it. Some sort of adjustment. I understand that does have something to do with having the home field, but remember, we're going to have eight road games. So who's ever out there and there's plenty blaming that stuff on it. We're going to have eight road games. So we're going to have the advantage there. This everyone's dealing with the same type of thing. But anyway, they went down, had a good drive. Vikings did at times. Well, I don't know. They're usually a really good red zone team, too, but that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, they did have a turnover on downs the very next one after a 12-play a drive. But for the Vikes, they went down, you know, through two passes right away and then ran basically the rest of the half until the very – those last two quick possessions when we threw a pick and then we had a completion that set us up for a field goal. But – I mean, it's 3-0. Okay, cool. No no big deal. Cousins actually did kind of move outside the pocket for that first down pass to, to Thielen. Um, it's 7-3. Cook gets a touchdown. By the way, we will talk about Cook's extension as well. Uh, I forgot to mention that at the, at the tippy top of it. But it's 7-3. Okay, no no big deal. Okay, we're doing pretty good now. They have a 12-play drive. They We, we stop them. And by the way, the, the, the rookies had a rough one at corner, no doubt, but Danzler made a hell of a play there to, to have a, um, a little knockdown at the goal line. I really liked that. But the safety play, you know, there, I think two plays later, because, of course, we got a on, you know, I think we were offsides or false start. That's what it was. Although Cousins did say he blamed, he, he actually took the blame for that because I think he messed up the call or there was some mis- miscommunication there. So Cousins actually did take the blame. I'll leave Elfline alone on that one. I, I don't want to go too hard on him this, this early in the season. But either way, when you look at the play call there, um, a play action that you need like seven steps, you know, you had the corner blitz. Zimmer talked about how we do have someone to, to, to protect that play, and they missed it. I won't call out who did it. That's what he said. It is kind of funny. It must be a young player or something because usually he's not afraid to call out uh, players. But the, to me, it had a lot to – sure, they missed the block, whatever. But to me, that the play call there, a play action with that many steps, I'm, when they can get off the edge like crazy um, anyway and normal, that, that, that kind of bugged me. I wasn't a, a big fan of that. Um, but they, they managed to you know put some plays together and get up eight to seven. Uh, Minnesota, the, or Minnesota, the offense, boom, punt, three and out, lost yardage. Actually, I think we uh, we had a, I think we had a penalty on that drive. They go down, eleven play drive, sixty yards, five minutes, fifteen to seven. Then Cousins throws the pick, throws it behind the receiver. I think it was stealing. That was a bad pick. Uh, defense could have stood, maybe held a field goal. Nope, they gave up a bomb. Two plays later bomb for a touchdown 22 to 7 now luckily it was like a 14 play or 14 second drive there was a run 
and then a pass. They got a field goal, 22 to 10. What's your thought process right, you know, at that moment? I mean, first half, Adams has nine catches for a buck o two, and we have four attempts, two of them coming late in the, the, the quarter, the second corner, after throwing the first two two plays. Uh, and one of the completions was an interception. Um, what do you think here offensively and defensively? Yeah, the goal line stance was nice, but that's about the only good thing that they did. It was an ugly one early. Like I said, I liked that drive to close the half, but it did not look good past that first fucking drive uh, on both sides of the ball. No, it didn't. And there's some very noticeable differences, you know, coming out, like you said, giving up those big drives. It was just tough to watch, but I did notice some defensive differences, you know, like weren't playing press on the outside. Now that probably has to do with the rookies, maybe giving them a little bit more room, playing a little bit more zone. You know, all the things, the Rogers rules, we weren't doing now. Why weren't we doing that? It could be many things, but I think it has to do with the youth in the secondary, just trying to get them through this one. And, uh, you know, it, Rodgers did what he does. It took a little bit of time for him to kind of figure out what was going on. But once he did, you know, it wasn't it was like taking candy from a baby. And, you know, you go through the get that goal line stand. It's really encouraging. You think, you know, things OK. You know, defense is going to settle in, but they just couldn't get off the field. They couldn't get off the field in third down. Uh, they couldn't get off the field in general. Every time the offense came on, turn around, put the defense back on. I think the time of possession, like you pointed out, was just the most lopsided, I think, in NFL history. And so now you look at that, you go down, you give up that safety. Uh, the unknown player, which I think we all know, uh, missed a block or just missed an assignment and uh, ended up with that. I'm not really, you know, just getting too cute on the goal line. I think, you know, it's, it's week one, do you, and if they did it again uh, later in the game. We'll get to that in the second half. But on that fourth down, just getting too cute with it, man. Just run the ball out of the end zone and get yourself some room. But, you know, they tried to, you know, I guess trick the world and, ended up tricking nobody. And so you get to that point at the end of the half where the ball's flipping back and forth, touchdowns being scored, you score a field goal. You kind of see the writing on the wall and you go, okay, this is going to be a long day because the defense has held the field forever. You got to come back out and play the second half. It just didn't tell, it wasn't an encouraging sign at all to see the way the first half went down. And then the flurry at the end after the safety and after the interception, you know, you just kind of saw, okay, well, this game's already out of hand. I'm going to watch it because strange things can happen. But you felt like the game was done at halftime. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't looking good. And I like how you put that, Aaron. Just too cute. Like, what, what are we doing here? Let, let's, let, let's calm down a little bit. Now, the offense came out and had a nice drive going six plays. Um, Cousins had that scamper for a first down. Had a penalty. I think it was Riley Reef, third and 16, you know. Whatever. Now they they had a they had a little success. I think it was seven play drive the Packers, but and they shoot up still four minutes in that drive. But to be you know at least the defense stopped though. That's the last stop they got of the game, which is just ridiculous. They forced one punt and that was that. Um, that's where we went all downhill. Um, poor blocking on screens so they couldn't develop. Poor tackling on defense, but now we get to the spot we were talking about. We, we move the ball again, and this time we're in somewhat scoring range. Now, it's not so much, you know, I get going for it on fourth and three. That's cool. It's a 57-yard field goal. 
you know, could you have gone for it there? Sure, but that's not a gimme. 57 yards, we know that. But like you said, Aaron, we why are you get it's fourth and three? Can we get some short route, literally two vertical routes? And then I saw Jefferson pull up probably after 10 or 12 yards and turn around like, okay, this is my route. Well, uh, can we get something over the middle? I mean, like you said, just too cute. I mean, and, and sure enough, it, it burnt us because they took the ball and went right down, of course, scored a touchdown. And at 29 to 10, now you're thinking, okay, dude, this thing's, this thing's done. Um, now, I'll give some credit to the offense because they finally did actually – you know, get some some stuff going, and they were quick striking. So they went to a quick huddle. It seemed to pay off. Twenty nine to eighteen. You're thinking, okay, let's see what happens here. Maybe the defense. No, the defense gives up a seven play, seven you know, seventy five yards, almost four minutes. It's thirty six to eighteen. So the offense responds. They get a touchdown. Thirty six twenty six. It's eight minutes left. Thirty six twenty six is not a death sentence. It's possible. But it's not possible when you give it up an eight-play, 75-yard drive. It's 43-26. to And, yes, that nine-play drive had a lot of good stuff in it. But we all know by that time, that's garbage time at that time. That touchdown is completely garbage because we still would have to get the get the onside kick, score a touchdown, get the onside kick, and try to it's, – it's, it's, it's not going to happen. They, all they did is – run it out with two plays and, and ran out the game. I mean, it was, uh, it was ugly. I, I just couldn't understand how, and remember Cortez dropped a third down wide receiver for, uh, for green Bay dropped a bomb. That could have been a touchdown or at least put him like at the three and dropped the third down that would have caused, you know, been within field goal range. I think that's the one that they punted. So it could have been uglier, which is that really blows my mind. Um, Aaron, that it could have been uglier defensively in the goal line stand. You know what I mean? That could have been that much more uglier. So um, when you look at some of these these targets, Danzer, Hughes, Hill, 24 targets, 20 completions, 249, three touchdowns, combined 149 QB rating, which is about as good as it gets. Danzler at least made some plays back, but I saw a lot of wide open receivers, Aaron, and also, to be honest with you, and sometimes it was on the corner, but sometimes the safety was in coverage, and we saw those guys falling down and getting beat as well. Yeah, I mean, Hughes and Hill were definitely uh, disappointing, and especially uh, Hill. I thought he'd play a lot better, but you know, I can't tell if it was scheme or if it was them. They played zone, which they never do, and they played you know off coverage. They weren't bumping running like like they usually do. And I don't you know I can't figure out why you want to save your corners like that. I mean I know you're going up against Rodgers, but you know how to play him, and you did the opposite. It seems of how you've always played him. You think you're going to trick this guy going into a zone? I just don't think you're gonna. And, and I think you you helped out a lot there. And you know you look at the lack of pass rusher. Your man down with Hunter. We understand that. Uh, you got another guy who's supposed to be pretty good in uh, Gakwe. And, uh, you know, he's been here eight days. You know, give him a little bit of time. But no pass rush at all. That's not going to help you against Aaron Rodgers or anybody else for that matter. And then we've got the two inside guys that, you know, were great at riding the bench. And, you know, we'll talk maybe later about I don't understand uh, some of the reasons why 
we feel like these guys are going to be adequate. You know, you want to hope that coach them up, like you said last week. You coach them up and you get them good. You know, against the run, they weren't horrible, but they weren't fantastic. And there was just no pass rush whatsoever. So we need to find out what to do about that. But, yeah, you're right. Second half was just kind of, you know, Kirk Cousins, a little too early to get ripping on him this year. But besides that interception he had was, you know, that was an eye-opener. But, you know, this guy can tear up a prevent defense. Uh, we saw a lot of that at the end of that second half where, you know, this guy's just throwing ropes against a prevent defense and everybody's getting excited. And I'm just like, no, you know, the Packers already took the foot off the gas. So it, you know, it is a lot to think about here. You know, I thought Dakota Dozier showed pretty well offensive line-wise, but, you know, it, it, a lot of holes in this team, man, and we got to find a way to get it figured out. You know, it's week one, like you said, don't want to, throw the baby out with the bathwater, try to find some positives moving on to week two. But, man, it was it was an odd opening performance uh, as far as we've seen for Vikings. Yeah, it really was. And when we're talking about coaching them up, I was talking about the secondary, not the defensive line. <laughs> Actually, you know what it was? It was the offensive line because we they're just going to coach up that offensive line. They're going to recycle some guys. They're going to move – move some guys around and play musical chairs and coach them up. Um, and, and you're right. They didn't actually have that bad of a game. We actually, the run game, we, we got a buck 53 out of it. We just couldn't run. <laughs> we couldn't run anymore because we had to catch up so much. Once they extended that lead so much in the end of the third quarter, you, you couldn't really run anymore. So th- that there was no point. In, and we, we tried one play action or we had one play action attempt and three, um, well, attempt to do the play, he couldn't actually get it released because he got sacked. So, you know, we had the run established to an extent, but it really doesn't matter, um, you know, when you when you just don't have the ball or when you're on the other side watching them just drive down the field. Now, you know, the, the, the media thought they had their starting lineup, so we kind of went with what they thought. But the Cameron, actually Cameron Danzler, he actually started. Hughes was on the other side. And Hol- or Holton Hill and Dan- uh, Dancer were the starters, and Hughes would move inside to the slot as well. So that was a little bit different. They were talking about Gladly. Now, he did kind of mess up his knee a little bit, so maybe that was the reason why. Um, but, you know, after leading the, the league in play action uh, touchdowns, literally one attempt uh, that you actually got to throw the ball. So that's not going to be a good, here, uh, good one here. But... Think about that, though. It could have been even worse with, the, with you know, like I said, those two drop balls. Um, it, we could have gave up that much more. Um, now, Sure. I mean, it should have been even worse with those drop balls. But, you know, you and I both kind of called a loss. Now, we didn't see giving up 43 points. But we knew it was going to be a difficult day. Uh, and it was. Uh, I thought I maybe had a, a larger margin. I thought we'd give up 33. Just I couldn't fathom going into the 40s uh, with Zimmer's yeah. defense. But, you know, I guess it was a perfect combination of young corners, no pass rush. Uh, this is likely to change as far as the pass rush is concerned. The corners likely to change as well just due to maybe some familiarity with Dantzler. But I'm a little concerned about uh, Holton Hill and Mike Hughes, both of them. I hope they bounce back. Yeah, I mean, it's – Kendrick's had a good game. Um, I'll give credit for Cousins uh, cousin saying he was going to scramble more, and he did. I, I think I like – there was a couple of times where it was like, 
right now we're not able to pass, especially on third down. Just run, dude. Just look at your – get to your second read and, and just run. So hopefully he keeps doing that. Like I said, Kendricks was all over the field, though. I got to give him credit there. Uh, the offense, really the first and fourth quarter. Otherwise, they went to sleep, too. We can't just blame the defense. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it just seems like everything we talked about just got exploited. And, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I read some stats about some earlier starts, you know, as far as some, that Buffalo game two years ago. So some starts where you're like, wow, we did that. But then we ended up in the top. 10 in defense, you know, so it's, it's, it's not over like that. In fact, since 2015, fifth, sixth, first, ninth, and fifth, and we got off to pretty bad starts in 2018, 2019, and still managed, you know, to not be a garbage defense. Um, but, sure, Chris, but it's hard not to think, though, Aaron. Look at the next five games and the quarterbacks we're going to have to play. I know, and nobody's built, no defense is built to play 42 minutes. I mean, you-, you can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You just can't even – you can't do yeah. that. I mean, that's – I mean, I'm sure there were some pissed-off defensive players even at halftime. They never got off the field. And you're right. You know, well, the game's coming up aren't much better now. Rivers, he's old, but he can still make throws. And uh, we don't have the horses we had last year. Uh, so it's wrong to think that, you know, we had him last year, so maybe we'll get him again this year. It's a different team. Uh, it's earlier in the season. It's a whole different vibe to just think that you're going to, you know – go ahead and count a win on this next one. And you're right. After that, it, it's not going to get easier until maybe week eight or something when you get a break with maybe a not so great quarterback. But, you know, I guess if you got to throw kids in the fire, you throw them in there and you just hope that, you know, they improve. So when that little bit of rest comes, you know, maybe they can make hay. Yeah, maybe in, in, in you know, a lot of people are like, well, where's our new brand new you know, trade that we got this offense or this defensive end. He's supposed to be a stud dude. He did. He wasn't in camp. He didn't have a camp. So like you said, he's been here for eight days. He didn't have a camp. So he's got to get, he's really do has to get his legs underneath them and figure out some of this system. Now defensive end is a little bit easier to figure out in the system, but you know, it is the, the Zimmer system. So there is a little bit more detail than you think, but uh, yeah, I mean, we can't we can't lose sight of Hunter not being in the game, and that's something that they didn't necessarily plan on back in free agency, you know, in March, in April. So I mean, you know, that that was not in the the plan. So we can't. We're gonna get more pressure. We're definitely gonna get more pressure. Um, let's talk about before we start, you know, turning the page. I wanna we're gonna talk about uh, you know, the running back Delvin Cook now. We'll talk about the extension, but you also had something you wanted to talk about, and in, in it kind of concentrated on the defensive tackles, maybe thinking about a grander scheme of things. Uh, let, let's go ahead and breach that conversation, sir. Oh, well, I had texted you earlier in the week, uh, some amid you know game frustration, but I got to thinking about this defensive line, 
particularly the interior of that defensive line with Jaleel Johnson and uh, the other kid, uh, Shamar Stefan. Now, Shamar Stefan had left us, went to Seattle. Uh, you said he signed a one-year contract. I thought he might have got cut. Could have been both. Uh, no, he signed a one-year contract. Signed a one-year contract. They chose not to re-sign him. He comes running back to us. We sign him up. We keep him on the roster for a couple of years, and now we're going to start him probably out of necessity. But he did start last year in the three technique. So, you know, it makes me wonder a little bit. I, I love Andre Patterson uh, as a defensive line coach. He's gotten the best out of Hunter and some other players. But I start to wonder if there's some misguided loyalty there. You know, like you're not these kids' dad. You know, this is a job. You know, I know you like them and they're good people. And I've kind of, you know, hinted at this a little bit in the offseason, but keeping guys around uh, for seemingly no reason. I mean, yeah, they're good depth, but there's other players out there that can provide that same depth and maybe be able to play for you. And I just don't see anything coming out of Julio Johnson that makes you think, you know, he's a star or Shamar Stefan. He's had plenty of opportunities and hasn't hasn't flashed much at all. And, uh, you, you know, you had, uh, what's his name, Sheldon Richardson come in and outplayed him. Played better, and then you know next year you don't sign another D tackle. You bring you think Shamar is going to play better, and he doesn't. And now we're stuck in this situation again with no three tech. You draft a kid, but now you got him on the practice squad. Is that because he's not as good as Shamar Stefan, or maybe you have some loyalty to Shamar Stefan that maybe is not really earned? And I'm not saying I know anything. I'm just saying it's getting a little bit old to seeing Jaleel Johnson on the roster for four years making no plays, as well as Shamar Stefan doing the same thing. Makes me raise an eyebrow. That's really all there is to it. And, you know, if you want to transition into Cook, I mean, we had some really pretty well, deep concerns. Before we do that, though, let, let's, I want to talk about that, too, um, the D-tackle. Um, well, obviously, you know, we, we didn't assume Pierce would be out. We did think our country would be a little bit more ahead of the grade uh, come August, <laughs> you know. Um but we, we weren't, and so it, it, it scared some people. And, and, you know, I can't sit there and blame Pierce. The guy got pneumonia like two or three years ago. He has asthma. He shouldn't be playing. I'm glad he's not. I mean, I'm not glad, but I'm glad for him. Um, so, obviously, they did do their due diligence and sign what looked to be a perfect fit. So I can't really blame him for that. Um, some of these guys, though, you're still making a good point in general, though, because some of these guys we've had around – and they've just been that second or third guy. They haven't really been the reason why we've even been able to be still a top 10 uh, rushing uh, defense. Um, so, you know, the Sheldon Richardson, it's not about going out and getting another nose tackle or another, you know, defense tackle because, one, they did this year. Two, they thought Lindville was, you know, going to be able to come back a little fresher. He couldn't. But it was Richardson or Barr. That's what it came down to, and we chose Barr. Now, like I said, we didn't know Pierce would be out. Um, but as far as the loyalty and all that, if that youngster is better, I think they put him in. And another thing is, as far as loyalty, I mean, we got rid of six dudes on our defense, four of our top guys that played at corner. So I'm not necessarily, uh, I don't know, I'm not necessarily jiving with that part of it. Yeah, the, the loyalty thing, because didn't we kind of prove this off season that we aren't loyal to these guys? Uh, I mean, you could say that, but, you know, we signed uh, Pierce, but he's a nose tackle. So he's, you know, supposed to replace uh, Linval. 
So you still have that problem at the defensive tackle, and that's what I'm talking about a little bit with Shamar Stefan. Is you're really going to think after what he, how he played last year that you're going to think he's going to be as good this year without a Linval or maybe with a Pierce he could have shown. I don't know. My point is that I see a lot of dead weight on the roster, and I kind of looked at it on the offseason as well, what I consider to be. Now, this is my opinion. You know, you can have your own opinions out there, but you see a lot of dead weight that's just kind of sitting there, and you wonder why, you know, why Jaleel Johnson is still there. Has he four years you'd think his potential would be good enough to play? I mean, you had Anthony Harris, for example. He four, In four years, he became a starter. You know, yeah. growth. He saw the growth. You don't see the growth with Johnson. You don't see the growth with Stefan. And I'm sure there's a few other pieces on the roster that you kind of feel the same way. So I wonder, try to find reasons, you know, why these guys would still be on the uh, on the active roster. And, and the only thing I can think of is that, you know, like he's, uh, you know, Patterson's pet cat, quote unquote. And now he's got another one with DJ Wanham. And I'm just wondering, are we running a daycare over here? Or is it, or are we, you know, it just, it, it makes me wonder. And, uh, unless those guys step and play, I'm going to continue to wonder because I just don't see why you can't fill those spots with players who are trying to uh, maximize their potential. Well, and obviously the cap plays into that too. You can only have so many damn good players, obviously then, like you said, the development and, and you are making a good point about that other position and how it hasn't developed. We, we only had one good year with two defensive tackles and that's when we had Sheldon Richardson, but you make a good point. You make a good point. I, I, I just, I don't know about the loyalty thing because, like I said, I mean, we, we ravaged our defense uh, this offseason. So some of it is cap, but, yeah, I mean, well, well, looking back at it, now that we've had more time, Barr or Sheldon, could we use Wilson? And could he be adequate and, and have a better defensive line? Or do you think, because we, 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 we paid a lot of money for Barr, that money could have went to, uh, Sheldon Richardson. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I guess I would lean to the fact that you take Barr. You know, people complain about Barr a lot, but he's 6'5". Yeah, he should rush the passer more, but in this scheme, he's asked to do different things, and since he's asked to do different things, you don't see him doing the things you think he should do, and therefore you get upset with him when he's doing everything else. I mean, he makes the calls. He's 6'5", playing an outside linebacker position. He's great in coverage. He's doing a lot of great things out there. I don't like people dissing Barr. Yeah, he's not the greatest. You put him against a receiver, he's going to lose that matchup. But so is every other linebacker in the NFL. So Barr does a lot. I'm going to repeat that. Barr does a lot just because he's not doing the things you think he should do doesn't mean that he's not doing a lot. And, you know, I guess you pick him or Richardson, you know, in hindsight, who would be well, more with effective? Wilson, too. We have two two linebackers that we can put in on different downs. I guess was my point. I should. Sure, you got Wilson and you got the new kid uh, out of Oregon, who looks to be a bar replacement, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, you could play Wilson. He's a totally different player, I think, as far as what he offers. But yeah, I mean, you could stick him in, then you still have Richardson. But you've had chances, I think, to find a defensive tackle either in the draft or in free agency, and. Uh, you didn't do that. So you have to have some faith in those other two guys. Why you have that faith to me is, you know, I'm not going to call it loyalty because I think that's a weird word. So I'll call it faith. You know, I, I think you have misplaced faith in uh, a couple of players that I just can't see what they're seeing. And, and I could be wrong. It's a long season, but after game one and after their performance up till now, I just don't see the kind of starter material that, that, you know, uh, you look to, they just don't flash, man. You don't see you making right. plays, and you got to get plays out of those positions. 
There's no doubt about it. I guess my point was that if you got a bet, if you got a better defensive line, it does make life easier for the linebackers. That would be my only point. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, several fair points that you you made, and we'll see how this goes. If if we get exploited on that, um, you know, like you said, to have a nice companion next to you if you are a stud like Linville was a couple years back and and how this Pierce has been you know as an NFL player you still need that nice little one-two punch and then it gets exploited if you don't have quality uh depth there because that's exactly what's happening now the extension Delvin Cook it made him and, and I'll tell you what for all that talk about you know um running backs not getting paid man you, you look at the last couple of months McCaffrey Kamara like a ton of guys are getting paid Henry and now Cook Joe Mixon as well this puts them tied for sixth in the league for payment over a whole deal anyway uh, with Derrick Henry Joe Mixon's right there David Johnson's still on an old contract same with uh, well LeVon Bell got that new but kind of older now um, I like it I mean Tied for sixth, I think that's a good place to have him because that's about where he's at just because of the health. Um, we kind of just met him in the middle a little bit. Um, I think our offer was like eight, eight and a half. I think we bumped it up to ten. And I think it's like twelve and a half a year, but there's probably – it's probably – well, it's not all guaranteed. So I'm sure he's going to have to work for it. I'm sure there's some roster like in two or three years you have to be on the roster. But either way – to get the, the rest of the bonuses and whatnot. But either way, you know, if we're going to run this system, Aaron, we talked about this, if we're going to run this system, he's a great back to have, and it's not just going to kill us. Uh, but we got him on the squad for a while now. What, what do you think of this here? Well, I'm happy about it, obviously. I mean, maybe two years from now I won't be just because of the money, but you're right. He seems like Cook maybe said, look, I want to play, get this thing done, and uh, just the, with the timing of it. And uh, so, you know, I'm happy. It's a, it's a high price tag for a running back. And like you said, uh, it has changed my mind a little bit about paying the running backs. But I think you do pay the top 10 running backs. I mean, it's the other ones that, you know, you, you kind of can have some wiggle room on. I mean, they don't necessarily like most or those type of guys that aren't, uh, you know, elite running backs, I guess, in the NFL or haven't shown that to date. And I'm glad Cook's back. You know, he's made a captain, so you kind of got to sign him there. And and like you said, we ended the show last week with some, you know, we were pretty, we'd hate to see him get hurt and, and, and you know, be gone or find another team after an ACL or something like that. And all that insecurity about that, you know, is gone. Yeah, you had uh, Madison who could run the ball, but, you know, Cook's been good. And uh, he's been a great running back, but he's been a good teammate, you can tell. And everybody likes him. Now they made him a captain. So good to see him back. Uh, the money, I guess, we'll worry about that down the road. I'm a little worried about that cap next year, Chris. It's supposed to go down. And, it, it, you know, that's another topic for another day. But, you know, you just signed Cook, and then you signed some other guys, and now you got to sign Ngakwe, and you got a bunch of new stuff on the on the books. And it's just like, well, how are you going to do that with a reduced cap? I think we're like 59000 under the cap right now. I mean, we're tied up against the cap and can't ask everybody to restructure. I know Kendricks was good enough to do that with, with Delvin, but you know, he just got paid up front instead of waiting for it. So it worked out kind of yeah. good for both of them, but yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder about next season, but you know, next season is next season. We'll worry about that later. Yeah. And we do have some, some folks coming off 
you know, the books. Riley's probably going to come off the books. But as far as the cap, the cap was supposed to go way up originally, right, of course. But we still don't know the fact that it was going to go way up. It may just – it may go down, but not as far as people think. Just because, like I said, they literally – it was going to take a big jump. And a lot of people plan that too. And so if you're already going to take a big jump, that jump it was going to take maybe the decrease in money. But remember, they are going to have all their TV money. They're not – well, knock on wood. They're not going to miss a game as far as right now. We'll see how the season goes. But it's a lot different than college and in, in, in NFL for a variety of different reasons, the protocols and whatnot. And the fact that you have a house to go home to, you can have people go get food for you and all that. You signed a waiver and all that. So I don't know if it's going to go way down only because it was going to go way up. Maybe it'll – I'm hoping it'll balance it out. But next year, yeah, that was going to be an issue. But when you see the next – you know, the years after that, two, three, and four, we have plenty of money um, because we did get rid of a chunk of money too. So it'll be interesting that Diggs contract – uh, basically just got went to cook, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but it, 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 it's going to be interesting, man, to see how far that goes down. And as the, the games go on, will we be able to get 10,000 people spread out in the stands? Somebody already did that. You know, if you can get some of that back, you're not going to get a bunch of revenue off that. But um, at least you'll know going into next year, hopefully, uh, a year from now that you're able to pack a stadium. But we'll, we'll, see, we'll see on that. Anyway, let's move on to this week. Um, we got two 0-1 squads going at it. Uh, they do, as of right now, um, they got Marlon Mack. They got a couple of guys here. Uh, oh, wow, Julian Blackman, safety. They got some questionable injury reserve as Mack. They got some, they got some injuries, nothing too major our questionable um, on the uh, injury report is the youngster Cameron Cameron no, um, Danzler. So, um, I, I, you know, hearing the interview with him after, um, I liked what he had to say. I really liked what he had to say. I didn't think he had as bad a day as some people were saying um, because he was in position. And when a youngster's in position, it's that little tweak that can – you know, get them that much closer. The over-under is 48 and a half. Um, we are a three-point underdog. Um, so we'll see. Aaron, are you there at all? You said that you're a little frozen here. Yeah, you got me? Yeah, I got you. All yeah, right, cool. Works. Yeah, it, computer did a whole uh, freeze action thing, so I thought I'd shoot you a text to let you know, but then it came yeah. back. We're good. Cool. All right, well, good. That's that. That usually is not the case. So that that's that's dope. Usually when the freeze happens, it's a wrap. Um, so we are, as a Vikings fan, we are we are a you know a three point underdog, which is you know you can't really do the home and away thing anymore because of the crowd. Um, and I, it's so funny how many people said that. And yes, it does it does make a difference percentage wise. You're seeing that in the NBA uh, for home court and all that in the crucial you know, game one, game fives, game sevens, that it does. But like I said, we're going to get eight on the road. Here's one on the road. They upgraded their quarterback. We had a great year against him last year, but that's with a, a very atrocious offensive line. And we have experience seeing bad offensive lines the last probably four or five years. Uh, so, we, you know, he's going to do better there. He had a big 
uh, week did uh, uh, Philip Rivers. Um, but he threw some picks. You know, he does like to kind of sling it out there. Um, what's your feeling on this week? Uh, is the Vikings going to bounce back and get a W, or are we going to sink to 0-2, and then you start to look at, wow, next week's a must-win? Well, I mean, it could go either way. I mean, another obvious statement, but really hard to call on it. And I think, you know, the defense is going to come out with their hair on fire. I think they got a lot to prove. Uh, it's just, you know, are the, are the rookies ready to go? Uh, are they going to change up what they what they do defensively? I mean, you can't sit in the zone and you can't play off by 10 yards. You got to get a – no cancers – sorry, Cameron Dancer's built for, for bump and run. So I think you got to let them and just maybe take their lumps going at it. I think you might see Gladney a little bit more. But offensively, they got to sustain drives, Chris. I mean, that's really kind of the downfall of the of overall of last game and why it got out of hand is you couldn't, you know, offense has got to pull their weight and they've got to be able to have some sustained drives. So I think you'll see them run the ball a little bit more and that's always good because Cook can get some stuff done that way. So I think the Vikings win this one. I, I think it's also is as upset as you were about last week. I, I think it's great to temper that. And I think it's great to temper the excitement you might get with a win this week. I think it's, it's going to be kind of a ping pong season. And I think uh, they win this one. Something like you know, 28, 17, something like that. And, you know, nothing huge blow up. But I think the offense, you know, kind of kicks in a little bit more. I think you'll see more Jefferson. And I think the defense will play a little bit better. I think now that they see game film, they understand who can do what and how, maybe ways to scheme a little bit better to get the most out of some players. You know, they got some tape to look at now. And I, I think they'll do some different things. I think they win this one, 28, 17. That's funny. I, I was going to pick 2717. <laughs> I was in between 2720 or 2717. Um, so we're on the same page. I do think they'll bounce back. Like you said, um, it's nice to get, you know, 10 points and a half, sure. But there was like three or four drives where, like you said, you know, you, you got to, even if, and that's the key about the offense last week and just moving forward. It's not like, oh, you got to score every drive. We know that. But even a, an extra first down or two would help, Aaron, because, hey, field position. And you gave the defense another breather or two. Uh, that was key. That does play into it. We can't, like we said, we can't just blame the defense now down the stretch to not, you know, to have them score four straight touchdowns. That's ridiculous. And that's why, yeah, sure, I think you'd blame the defense the most. But you're right. You hit it on the nose. You, you do have to tighten up and just extend some drives. The run game actually was going. They only passed two times. Short passing. You know, how about just a little post up to Rudolph? He's pretty good at the little post up 40 yarder. Maybe he breaks a tackle. I mean, let's not go just either play action deep or, you know, let, let's mix it up a little bit. I am thinking that they're going to like that four and, you know, that fourth and third. How about a slant to Thielen? How about get the youngster there? He made a nice catch or two and, and, and got roughed up and didn't seem to care about it. He, he's pretty good over the middle, and that's over the middle in the SEC, and the defenses aren't any joke in that conference. So um, we'll see. We're both uh, picking the win, basically the same score, very similar. Um, any last words, sir, before we get the hell out of here? Uh, no, I don't know if you want to bring it up, but the uh, the Gophers are getting ready to play, I think, next month. And I was going to ask you before the show, but I might as well ask you on air. What do you know about the scheduling at all? Is 
is that come out yet or are they reworking that? Where are we at right now with, with uh, scheduling the big 10? So it's the 23rd and 24th, um, a little over a month uh, that they'll be back. Cause right now I or Wisconsin's on a two week timeout. So we got to wait for them. Iowa took one. It wasn't the, no, it wasn't Nebraska. It's another team. But um, basically the, the 23rd and the 24th is when they start, they're going to do instead of a 10 game season, they're going to go throwback, dude. Eight game season with your conference final on December 19th. They're hoping to catch the wave so we can just have a normal college football season. They have a lot more testing. They have a lot more. They're going to do freaking x-rays, you know, to check the lungs on. I mean, they're really – them and the Pac-12 are really in-depth. So, yeah, that, that's what they're going to do. They're going to – hopefully they trim off – one of those tough games. <laughs> now, you know we're going to play Iowa and Wisconsin because it's on that side. So I'm assuming it'll be just, what, three other games? Is it five games or six games on that side? Seven games. Yeah, it's, so six of the eight are going to probably be on the, the west side. And then hopefully they trim off uh, Michigan. <laughs> I don't know. I, let's see which one they'll trim off. But, um, yeah, so it, it, it's going to – it's going to get up and ready. So I'm glad you brought that up, though. That's a good call because we uh, – the back end of our show is Gopher Talk, folks. So we will be back talking about that within about a month. So uh, there you go. It's back. Yeah, so if you lose a Michigan, you don't want to gain an Ohio State. But I don't – Well, you know, I don't think you'd gain anything because it'd be eight. You're cutting off two more games, you know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, so follow us on the uh, Living in Loserville uh, podcast page on Instagram. We got some posts going up, and we'll post after this show, give you easy access to it. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, hope the Gophers uh, can test and get well in their schedule. It'll be fun to talk about them again. And, you know, let's go Vikes. There we go. Let's get the victory. Uh, the sky's not falling, not yet anyway. Peace. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.